That Skype ringing thing is a, is a bit of a bop. It's a bop or not? It's a bit of a bop. It's a bit of a bop. Bit of a bop. Bit of a bop. 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 Uh, uh, sponsor um, have you heard about the new uh, easy to use music system called Roxy? Uh, you plug in, play, and immediately have access to uh, premium music subscription. So, uh, you know, handy, isn't it? Is it? Uh, you know what I saw an ad for uh, when I yeah. I like going to my mams for dinner because I get to see what actual television looks like these days, like yeah. on, uh, over the air. Uh, now that's what I call music. Have an app, like they have a Spotify competitor. Um, it's like all their all their previous volumes uh, and all that, all their whole library. But it's like a five a month. It's like almost as much as Spotify. It's like you know, Spotify is like all music ever. Right, <laughs> not just, not just, you know, yeah. fucking the most uh, popular songs from twice a year for the last thirty years. Like, oh god. I mean, I'd be kind of curious. I think I feel like if it was free, I would download that and say, oh, what was, what, what was fucking, you know, the top hits from like two thousand when I was a kid and I was actually listening to pop music, and then I'd probably not even listen to it. So I could really probably look this up online without this app, to be honest. I mean, hmm. um. Yeah. We good to go anyway? Yeah. 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 Let me take a look here on the uh, schedule. Uh, schedule, not even schedule, the rundown. Uh, yeah, decent, decent whack stuff. We can call it the schedule. I don't mind. Yes, yeah, it's stuff we're going to talk about, so it's technically schedule. Change it up. Uh, I'm very excited for tomorrow, so next next time we do this show, I have a Bumblebee review for you guys. Uh, Ooh! Which apparently is actually not bad, so I'm looking forward to that. See, one good Transformers movie in my lifetime. Um, Detroit. Yeah, I'm still zero for one on Transformer movies. Yeah, I saw the first one. And that's the best one, so if you didn't like that one... It was rubbish, lad. Uh, Alright, here we go. Go for it. Christmas Chair Shop Podcast listeners. There's a good chance you're listening to this on December 24th, the old Christmas Eve of 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, wishing you all a very happy holiday season. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-hosts. First of all, it's Mr. Paulie the Grinch Griffin. I call him that just because it starts with a G, not because he's actually a Grinch. Ugh. Okay, maybe he is. All right, never mind. Uh, what was that? What was that grunt? Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, I, I introed you and just goes, ugh. <laughs> well, it's a year of built-up, poor in, in, uh, 
Now I forgot the word. Ah, I ruined them myself. One, folks. Been a long year. Been a a trying. It's a trying existence we all lead. Um, uh, But wrapping out the the team there is Mister Joe uh, uh, Tinsel Towner. Hello, Barry. Hello. I've got a hell of a show for for you folks here coming up. We got some life golf. We got some telly golf. We got some gear golf. We got some. And we got a little bit of wrestling chit-chat yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know what you were thinking. We were thinking, what are the lads going to come up with this year for the Christmas special? Is it going to be director's commentary? Is it going to be end-of-year review? Is it going to be a quiz special? None of that shit, baby. We're just doing a normal show. Much Sorry. effort. It's too much effort. But, you know, you can, you know, when, when, when you're around the Christmas table and you're, you're eating your, um, you know, turkey... Ham, you're 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 giving your sprouts to the dog when your mom's not looking. Um, <laughs> the, the dog is making the most heinous smells imaginable as oh, a result. God, imagine uh, that. And then and then when someone brings up politics or whether or not you're allowed to sing Fairy Tale of New York anymore, just pop the old headphones in, baby. I'm not listening to this shit. I'm listening to my, my stories with Tarty and the Griff and the Barry lads. Um. So we're going to take you to the holiday season. It is, in fact, the holiday season. I have uh, participated in the most childish of traditions, which is the 12 Pubs Christmas. Uh, I did that on, on Friday night. I had a great old time with my pals. Uh, Limerick City was, I think it was the right amount of busy. I feel like it wasn't excessively uh, uh, messy or, or, or uh, you know, uh, chaotic. I uh, had a good time with with my pals we all went out in regular people clothes no uh, no wacky jumpers no uh, no tinsel uh, which is pretty good because uh, pub number 5 we went in and it's a, it's a kind of a small it's a smaller but popular pub it's like a mainstay in limerick and they are kind of known they are kind of known as the no nonsense place you go there with so much as a santa hat on you're not getting served they have they have no bullshit uh, and so we went in there and uh, I was uh, standing there waiting to be served. And uh, a fella uh, came over to my part of the bar. He says, uh, two seconds there, mate. He stood up on the bar and he said, if you're wearing a Christmas jumper or you look under 21, get out. We're not serving you. And, uh, and, then, he said, and then he came down off the bar. And he said, all right, mate, what can I get you? He goes, oh, yeah, I'll just have a pack of Coke, please. And he goes, uh, and he pours me my drink. And if he comes back over to give it to me, he stands up again and specifically points to a group of people at the back of the queue. He says, yee! You're not getting served. Get out! And I was like, "This is pretty amusing." Oh, it's funny to be on this side of us. Um, and so the place emptied by about fifty percent after that. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, and that was like I think we did uh, ten establishments all in all, which is better than I've ever done in the past. Uh, and we had a, a, a gay old Christmas time, as the song says. Um, <laughs> so yeah. What song is that? Uh, uh, Christmas is gay. Is that the song? <laughs> last oh. last Christmas. Wasn't it? Christmas is gay. Christmas is gay. That uh, holiday classic. I think I'm. You know, I think I'm mixing up Christmas songs with like the. What's that song? The gay old time. That's the Flintstones. That's <laughs> the Flintstones theme song. Am I, am, I mixing, am I mixing like Big Crosby up with the Flintstones? The, yes, I am. Very possible. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, and there was also more Christmas festivities at work. We did have a, a, a jumper day there and uh, lots of uh, uh, raffles and whatnot. I won a uh, 25 one-for-all voucher. 25 euro one-for-all voucher, Ooh, which is very nice. hello. Don't spend hello. that all at once. Well, sure. Well, I, I did, mate. It's all gone. Uh, straight into the old uh, uh, GameStop. 
that bad boy. Um, that was good. And there was also uh, lots of uh, charity donations and raffles and whatnot. Uh, uh, big, big, big uh, collection of gifts donated to Vincent DePaul by the folks in the office, which was really nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the Christmas the Christmas cheer is flowing. I'm uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the season. Um, going home obviously to my mammy uh, uh, for for Christmas and St Stephen's Day, and then I have uh, some pals coming down uh, from Dublin to spend New Year's with, which is nice. Um, so yeah, the the season the season's treating me well. How are you boys doing? How's the old uh, How's the old Christmas treating you? Yeah, it's good. This uh, week at work is a bit of a slog, to be honest. I mean, trying to get through those last five days or four days in the office. God, dire. But, uh, you know, we got through it, got through the other side. Um, Friday, we I pretty much did nothing from about nine till 12. Then we went for, a, we had someone who's leaving, uh, leaving my team. So we went for a two-hour leaving lunch. Uh, and then we played games in the office uh, from three till four which was quite fun. So we did, yeah, to put a paper plate on your head and try and draw a Christmas tree on it. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. <laughs> the old classic uh, Yuletide game, yeah. You know, it's I've, classic. I've never heard of this, but it sounds great. Um, then we uh, kind of tape, yeah, put some tape along the floor in, the, in our sort of kitchen meeting room area, uh, split into two teams, and there were about 30, 40 balloons, and you had to get the balloons across to the other side um, kicking them, throwing them, whatever you wanted to, and then after two minutes, whoever had the most balloons on their side lost. Um, it's obviously my team won. <laughs> what is uh, this Mario Party world you're living in? <laughs> kicking <laughs> balloons and right. oh. and uh, <laughs> obviously I cheated a bit by kicking all the balloons across to their side before it started. <laughs> So then they, we were just on defense, and it's much easier to, to just keep batting balloons back rather than trying to get them across. So, yeah, we won by miles. <laughs> uh, and then the final game was you had to uh, tie a balloon to each of your, around each of your ankles, and then everyone had to try and stamp on someone else's balloons. And then whoever was left at the end with a balloon intact was the winner. Um, <laughs> Did you stamp on the other people's balloons before the game began? And the <laughs> thoughts of what? No, so the Mario Kart section of the of, of the festivities. Yeah, this was quite intense because, as you imagine, sort of fifteen people in a in a sort of small kitchen meeting room area trying to stamp on each other's balloons and obviously feet as well. Um, it was quite intense. So it's quite, at, at the beginning, obviously, because there's so many people playing, everyone gets eliminated really quickly. So like the first, you know, ten people were out in a few in a couple of minutes. Then it got down to like five people and then it gets quite hard because there's so much space. You can kind of, uh, you know, jump out the way and move away. So that, it, it probably went on for about a good 15, 20 minutes, this game, us trying to stamp on each other's balloons. Um, my one tactic, and some people did accuse me of cheating, but actually I just outsmarted all of them because um, I'm, I'm smarter than their man at hashtag heel. Can I guess what this is going to be? On. Did you hop on one leg, one leg up in the air? No, no, Paul. Oh, hang mm-hmm. on, but you are right, but you're not right at this bit. So my tactic was I picked up the smallest balloon, so the one that had been kind of underinflated. <laughs> so it was a smaller target, and no one could get near it. It was perfect. And then my kind of legitimate tactic was hopping on one leg, so no one could um, burst that balloon. Uh, and I have, I've quite significant stamina when it comes to hopping on one leg i could do it for at least half an hour um and so yeah no one could get near me so i got down to the last four people 
Uh, three of them were all on the same team, so they ganged up on me, which I don't think was very fair. Um, but I'll tell you what, lads. I took them out one by one. Uh, got down to me and one other lad. And um, then what happened is... He started hopping. No, no, no. So what happened is someone had accidentally caught me on the sort of heel of my shoe and it had started to come off a little bit. Got down to one versus one. My shoe only falls off, right? So I kick it to one side. I say, no problem. I can carry on. One shoe is fine. But obviously, if you've... So it was the, the balloon was on my right foot. The sh- left foot had lost the shoe. So you can't stamp on a balloon with a bare, bare foot with no shoe on. It's not going to work. You're not going to have enough kind of force or impact to do it. So at that point, I started playing for a draw, um, which eventually uh, we just sort of stopped. Then we had um, a tiebreaker called a moo-off. Now, I don't know if uh, you gentlemen are familiar with the concept of the moo-off. No. I wasn't either. What it is, is you both get down on all fours, facing each other, and all you can do is moo, like a cow. Moo. You can't say anything else. You can't do anything else. You just have to moo. And the, <sighs> the, ob- <laughs> the objective is to try and make the other person laugh or smile by mooing. And the first person to, to crack loses. Um, needless yeah. to say, I won that as well. Because uh, I was just I was mooing very sternly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I could have been down there for a day. I could still be there now. And I wouldn't have laughed. I'm telling you now. Um, yes, yeah, so I won. And I won a nice uh, kind of box of uh, uh, what they call Lindor chocolates or whatever they are. Lint chocolates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lindor's, yeah, very, very nice. Um, so that was good, and I think, you know, everyone in the office learned a valuable lesson as well, which is don't involve me in any sort of competitive game because I will take it so seriously that I will ruin it for everyone. <laughs> oh, God. So, I'll tell you what, that after 20 minutes of hopping, I was absolutely fucked. I turned bright purple, <laughs> pouring with sweat. I had to go and sit down for 20 minutes. It was intense. <laughs> But, you know, I won. That's the important thing. Congratulations. To be the man, you got to be the man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right, that was good. Uh, what about you, Paul? Any any holiday updates for us? I've just got a very sore eye at the moment. <laughs> That's been my last two days. Um, I woke up yesterday fine for all intents and purposes. And you know when you're in bed and you got the crusty sleep eye... Yeah, of course, yeah. Get that out the old eye, give it a little rub. And whatever way I did it, whatever way I rubbed my eye, I think I kind of was scratching it, right? And I moved my 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 fingernail, basically, not on my eyeball, but across from, from the, the right corner, let's say the, the inner corner of my left eye to the outer corner. And just a sudden sharp pain, like something was in it like a like a like an eyelash got in or something and uh and yeah it's been like that now for two days <laughs> so i was playing spider-man earlier and i just had to turn it off because my eye was too sore i couldn't keep looking at the screen so it's just get into bed with the lights off and just lie there for an hour i'm all right i'm 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 not a peak soreness at the moment God. um it kind of comes and goes. Like, I can go a couple of hours and essentially not notice it. And then I'll just look a certain way. I look up 
at something. And <laughs> I'll I get, look at I, something. I get, a, <sighs> I get a pang in the old eye, and then that's me out of commission. Um, so hopefully that's gone by the morning. Um, I don't know. I've tried. We've put eye drops in it. Had a shower. Been rubbing it. Don't rub it. Well. Stop rubbing it. Well, kind of bad ideas. Listen, listen, listen to the lady. I kept it closed for a while. Then I kept it really, really wide open. I offered him an eye patch. He didn't want it. I'm not quite an eye patch level yet. Um, but I do have work in the morning, so I'll go in. <laughs> people will be. Paul, why have you got one eye closed and the other... Yeah, sorry, why do you look like a mangy cat, Paul? Why have you come in like this? <laughs> so that's happened to me. Um, apart from that, a good week, I would say. We went to um, see Les Miserables in the old Bored Gosh Energy Theatre on Thursday. Not a bad venue, uh, if Joe Cabret is listening. <laughs> Um, yeah, he has 2,000 fans he can just get in. Oh, how many people would you say the Borgosh Energy Theatre sits? Can find out. Look at <laughs> Can find out. Yeah, get out your phone, Paul, you idiot. I like that you use the full... Borgosh Energy Theatre well. uh, capacity. Very good. 2000. Yeah, 2,111. There you go. Well, you know what? That's like that's like about what the basketball arena is going to be. But I would say also that place, the board gosh, is probably very expensive, I would imagine. Also, it's a theater and not really somewhere you can change up for wrestling. Uh, don't worry. Just stick them on the stage. Yeah, I was, I, I was supposed to be going to that, but uh, circumstances uh, circumstances changed from when I bought the tickets to now. So uh, how was it? Uh, it was extre- extremely good. Extremely good. Yeah, we enjoyed it very much. And we spent the last two days just randomly singing the songs from it. I I, I think we're, we need we're at a point where we need to just get over it now. But I'll be playing Spider Man, and Natty will be sitting there on her phone or something, and one of us will just be like, "One day more," and then it just starts the fucking song until we get to the very end of it, and then we kind of hang our heads in shame a bit. But it was really good. All the singers. Sang the songs really well. Um, the one thing about it is, right, it's very long, Les Miserables. It's like a good, a good three hours with intermission. It's like your typical <laughs> typical OTT show. It goes very long. Um, but uh, the thing about it is, for those who know the plot of Les Mis, a lot of the characters in it aren't in it particularly long. right? The, some of them are only in it for the first half, give or take. Some are in only the second half. But uh, the guy who does Jean Valjean is is pretty much in the whole like the whole thing, and then I think they're doing two performances a day of it because the one we saw was at like two thirty in the afternoon. So I don't know they must they must have another Jean Valjean because that lad is I'm I hope not doing six hours of fucking opera basically a day, but he was outstanding. He was excellent, probably the best of the lot. Would you say? <laughs> they can't nod. That's not how. <laughs> he was incredible. Okay, very good. Um, would you say he's as good a singer as me? He's much better. Well, no, wait a second. Say, say that. Oh my better. No. Okay, you leave now. Um, it was excellent. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, so that's Les Miserables done. That's Phantom of the Opera done. Lion King done. So I don't know what the next next musical slash opera we see will be but 
it's nice to see you know ch- uh, tick these off the old bucket list one by one um not my first time at the board gosh energy theater um i saw 12 angry men live there as well which of course is my favorite movie um the one thing i would say about it was i mentioned just now that it's, it's like three hours long right very very long uh there was a lady behind us who brought like a couple of kids, but like really young, like four or five, would you say? Like four or five year old kids. She was explaining everything. But like sometimes when I go to see like Coco or something, and there's kids that age, and I if the runtime is anything over an hour and a half, I'm like, you can't really bring kids that young to a film. They're going to be squirming. They're going to be uncomfortable their attention's gonna be their attention span's not long enough essentially for something like that bringing them to fucking Les Miserables it's so <laughs> long <laughs> and the plot is about like fucking brothels and stuff um <laughs> that's what kids like these days well absolutely but um of course because they're the little kids part. what followed was basically three hours of is she dead what what's the, what's he doing what did he say Eventually, they came over to you and Natty and said, "Would you shut him the fuck up, please, and explain the plot to him?" <laughs> but it was great. It was very, very, very good. Um. Then apart from that, yeah, we're just finishing up the Christmas shopping. Christmas for us, of course, is tomorrow, starting. Mm. So I do have work, but when I come home, then we have Brazilian Christmas. Nice. Um, I did get a little bit of Christmas good luck today. I already told you about this, Natty, but we have a secret Santa that we do here at the house, right? With all the all the Brazilian relatives and all that. So I I got one of Natty's cousins. Hopefully he's not listening. Um and uh he is they have an Xbox three sixty in the house still. So I being a good not cousin, but not even relative. Good man. Um, good, man. <laughs> good man. I don't know. <laughs> I got him like FIFA 19, but for the Xbox 360. Okay. Ordered on Amazon, right? It's not arrived yet, though. And it's Christmas in like a day. Yeah. Uh, found out today that their parents got them an Xbox One. Oh, no. And FIFA. Oh, on the Xbox One for Christmas. Now, what I'm going to do... I, I'd say FIFA was about like 35 euro, give or take, right? On the Xbox One. Excuse yeah. me, Xbox 360. So what I'm going to do... Fucking return that bad boy. And give him instead a 25 euro Xbox One voucher. Yeah. Plus 10 euro balance for Paul. Hello. That'll go in the old pocket. Wow. Wow. So luckily I heard that little that little bit of gossip because that saves me 10 euro that I can now spend on Burger King or something. <laughs> so very good. <laughs> um, Burger King. Also at work, I, don't, I didn't even tell you this. At work, my uh, department won Desk of the Year. So we got <laughs> a nice little... Yeah, we won Desk of the Year. No thanks. Oh, thanks in part to me. Incredible. Oh my god. Desk of the year. So that was very good. Um I was nominated for Team Leader of the Year, which I didn't win. Fair enough, I've only been doing it nine months. But uh even Thanks. to be nominated for Team Leader of the Year is pretty good. Um 
And getting a big raise at work as well. Hello. Getting a raise of about three and a half grand. Not too shabby. Oof. Uh, so yeah, so that was that was our week. I would say a very good week, apart from when the eye started hurting towards the end of it. <laughs> Why did you lead with the eye? Why did you lead with that? Well, because it's hurting me right this moment. So it was kind of <laughs> the front of my mind. <laughs> and it had to talk about the eye. <laughs> oh, dearie me. All righty. Let's uh, move on here and talk a bit about Telly Guff. I haven't watched any Telly this week. Who's watched Telly? Oh, well, we, we finished watching MasterChef The Professionals this morning, actually. Okay. So, so that's done. Um, which kind of is a little bit makes me a little bit sad because, that was, as we said before, MasterChef is a great, like, relaxing show um, in the sense that you can just kind of stick it on, half have your mind turned on, and, and, and really enjoy it. Um, however, on the other hand, the fact that it's done now means we can start watching Hill House again, and mm-hmm. um, all the other shows that we're supposed to be watching that we never do. But MasterChef was great. Um, I will miss. It. I'd, I'd say the new the next series of it. I don't know if they do two series a year or just one a year, but whenever it comes back, we'll watch it again. Who's been watching other TV? I've I've the new South Park downloaded by the way. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'll do that I'll do uh, that after the show. We've mainly been finishing off The Crown, season two. Ooh. Um on Netflix. Um so overall uh, I think it was started a bit bit slow the series, but then there were two kind of back to back episodes that were probably uh the best so far. So there's one where what was the first good one? Oh, some guy criticizes the the monarchy and slags off the queen and becomes like everyone hates him. But then he actually ends up meeting the queen and basically telling them that they need to modernize the monarchy or it's going to uh, all go to shit, which is really good. That and man was David It was, yeah. And then one all about uh, how the fella... King Edward was a bit of a Nazi sympathizer during the war and how um, collaborated with Hitler. So that was good. Um, basically, <laughs> basically uh, confirmed my thoughts that the royals need to be binned off, basically. Um, so yeah, that was good. Look forward to season three where they're going to change all the actors, get new ones in, um, which I think is a good idea. I think they should do that with uh, wrestling as well. Just bring back Raw, but replace everyone with new wrestlers. Oh, who's playing Roman Reigns? Keep, yeah, keep the characters, but get like a new Dean Ambrose who's who's good. Yeah, get a better one. Get Dolph Ziggler who's interesting, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Get Matt Riddle to play Dolph Ziggler. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking, talking. Uh, yeah that's about it. And then today I've been introducing Michelle to the delights of Only Fools and Horses Christmas specials. Oh, now she can properly get that joke from 15 years. Yeah, now that all those references make sense. And she goes, oh, it is funny. I'll shit himself again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's Telly Goff this week, folks. 
Hope you enjoyed that. Um, let me see here. Video games came out this year. Paul, you mentioned there briefly you were playing this, the old Spidey Man. Gives the gives the uh, the, the, the four. Yeah. Uh, well, I've I've hundred percented the first two packs. Um, meaning I beat the story mode and did all the little challenges in the same way as they they are in the main game. You know, beat all the fucking um, enemy bases and do all the little challenge mode things and yada yada yada. So I did that for the first two packs. On the, I'm on the last one now, the one that came out two days ago. I'm I think I have sixty seven percent completion on it or something. I was hoping to have it done before Christmas. Fucking I put a stop to that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of in two minds on it. I think it's, it's lovely to be playing Sp- Spider-Man again, because obviously having beaten the main game, as you know, Barry, it's a very fun game to play. Um, very satisfying game to play. I still love swinging around. I still love the combat in it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I find myself not really liking the story of it. Um, it's very predictable. It's very kind of combat-heavy in the sense that it just introduces more and more kind of fiddly, annoying enemies. Um, not not in a fun way, either. But, you know, you have flying enemies, and you have enemies that have really big guns that you just can't really avoid. Um, uh. So what I did today, having already 100% of the first two packs and got... Let's say around the time I did this, I was probably around fifty percent through the third pack. Just stuck the difficulty on the easiest because I'm like, I can't be fucked fighting all these enemies every time. Um, some some of the like enemy camps or the whatever are just so hard on the normal difficulty because there's just so many enemies who have fucking rocket launchers and um, Gatling guns and a lot of it. And I just since I already beat the main game and since I already 100% of the first two packs I'm just like I can't be bothered anymore I just want to beat it <laughs> I just want to beat it because on Christmas I'm going to play Red Dead and Astro Bot and all the lot of it so I'm kind of just now hoping to get it done yeah I, I, I think the story is very disappointing in it to be honest because um, it just doesn't really use characters that I find that interesting and I think it's as I said I think it's quite predictable and a little bit derivative as well. And the problem is that it, it, it it's constantly setting up stuff. Obviously not to spoil it for anyone who's going to play it. But it's constantly setting up stuff. Um, that for a you, sequel? No, no, not necessarily for a sequel. But setting up stuff that you know is not only not going to pay off. But it's like just constant red herrings. And you can like see them a mile away. Where they go. Let's say. Let, this isn't in it. But for example. Okay. Um. Mary Kate, Mary Kate, Mary Jane, Mary Kate is one of them little Olsen girls. Um, <laughs> she does not appear in the DLC. Uh, Mar- uh, Mary Jane. 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 <laughs> Sorry, it's the eye, I tell you. So Mary Jane, let's say that she goes like, oh, I'm, I, I'm pregnant, Peter, or something. Uh, and then in the end, it turns out she's not pregnant. A lot of stuff like that happens, but the reason is because you know that something that important wouldn't happen in a fucking DLC pack. Do you know? <sighs> so I'm, I'm just using that as a as a analogy. You know, obviously that doesn't happen, in it, but you know, no, he doesn't. He doesn't impregnate Mary Kate Olsen during the course of the thing. <laughs> no, that does happen. That's very right. But um, yeah, it, it sets up really important stuff like that. That then kind of is 
is revealed to be uh, a false flag, you know. So I, it, it constantly kind of disappoints in that way. Uh, so I'd say fun to play, of course, still fun to play, but um, a big step down from the main game, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I you mentioned Dead there. I've tried to. I'm really trying to get Red Dead finished as soon as I can. Um, I want to get that story gobbled up before all the year-end content comes out. Specifically, I've got you know the giant bomb stuff hitting in a couple of days. I always listen to that straight away when it comes out, and that tends to be spoiler-heavy on story stuff. So I want to mm. get uh, Red Dead finished. I'm not sure if I will, but um, I'm doing my best. Uh, it's still it's really good. I'm, I feel like I'm getting into it more and more as I play it. I feel like I've started to hit some real story movement you know what i mean i feel like i'm uh-huh. uh, i'm really getting getting some juice out of it now which was which was a uh, i felt like it was starting off quite slow so i'm enjoying that quite a bit uh and i also i with uh, my my lovely voucher that i got that i mentioned there earlier i bought uh, super smash bros ultimate Woo. uh which is the first smash brothers game i have owned since the original um On so the Nintendo 64 I, I, yeah oh my goodness so uh i played that and I'm only a couple hours into it, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I really hate the uh, single player uh, adventure mode thing they have okay. called World of Light. Uh-huh. It is it is, is like I can't even really I, I don't even think I can really justify how unfun it is to play that mode. Um, uh, it's basically like so. It's if you if you remember the in the the pre-release cycle, you had the trailer with all the characters being vaporized, and Kirby survives. Right? Basically, you've got this overworld map, and you're kind of walking Kirby through it. And every couple of steps, you have to uh, fight uh, someone. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right? It's a, a basic framing device for a bunch of fighting game fights, but. There is all these little rules they put in place and modifiers where it's like uh, your enemy uh, starts with a weapon. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Or your enemy, once their health goes below 30%, they do double damage, stuff like that. You're like, okay, whatever. But I'm I'm only about an hour in, and they've already started getting, like, insanely, like, unfun to play. Like, it's not like this interesting modifier where where it's um uh challenging me to play in a different way there's one map that's like a series of platforms on a on a on a body of water and the uh the special conditions are uh, you have no buoyancy so if you're in water longer than uh uh three seconds you sink and die immediately and there's high winds which basically just means there's a, the second anytime you leave your character leaves their feet they're immediately blown off their platform into the water and i've like i've just given up on this mode about an hour in because i've got this this challenge and i'm like okay i don't know how to make an offensive attack without immediately dying this is not remotely fun, right. and so there's multiple routes. And I was like, okay, let's go to let's go to the other option that I have here at the moment. And it's like, here's a giant King K rule with 500 health. You've two minutes to uh, to kill him. Also, he doesn't fight back. It's literally just try and do as much damage as you can in in two minutes. Uh, that is also painfully not fun and not especially clear on how you're supposed to advance. So I'm like, all right, this is shit. I'm not touching this ever again. Um, uh, and so I have just been dicking around in the the exhibition mode, and there's also a classic uh, single-player mode, which is basically you pick a character, and there's a, a Mortal Kombat-style tower of, like, seven fights. It's work your way through, and then there's a boss battle, and at the end, you get a special ending, and you unlock a character or whatever, um, and that's just fine. 
but uh, the, the core gameplay I'm really liking. Um, I thought the main way to unlock characters was playing that World of Light mode. Thankfully, it's not. Uh, if you just play regular exhibition matches, pretty much every second or third fight after it's over, you'll get the uh, new Challenger appears screen, and you have to basically fight them. So I, I'm unlocking people at a, at a pretty choppy pace, which is good. Uh, but it does. You do just start with like seven characters out of the like seventy that they've said. Yeah, it the, was the original. Uh, groups yeah it's like and i understand you you know you can't just have everyone right off the bat i mean you have to incentivize people to play the game and all this other stuff but it's pretty bare bones for for a starting package i mean if you've got 70 characters or whatever it is, i think it's seven something like that <clears throat> give me give me 20 do you know what i mean give me 20 it's kind of like wwe 2k19 but you only have aj styles john cena and your triple h other dagger yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, we're going to give you the uh, WWF Warzone roster to start with, and eventually <laughs> the, the 200 that we have. It's like, I, I bought this game specifically for, uh, you know, local multiplayer, right? My friend's coming over New Year's, and so they'll want to play. And I'm sure in the new year, I'll have friends, like I have local friends who want to come over, and they'll want to play it. And it's like, oh, we want to play it, you know, I'm going to be Sonic, I'm going to be Snake. It's like, no, okay, you have to be Mario, and you have to be uh, Ness, uh, and you have to be Zelda because those are the only characters I have. You know what I mean? It's like, like I said, you get through them fairly choppy. That's fine, but it's 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 not a, it's not a great out of the box package. Um, and yeah, that World of Light mode, I feel like I will just never go back to it. It's just it's just I'm not a big Smash guy. You'll remember when I played Smash with with you two, I had no clue what I was doing. It's right. not my it's not my forte. I, I'm having some fun with it now, but it's it's it, you know it's just not my kind of fighting game. But with all those stupid conditions on it, I'm like, oh my god, this is so not fun to play at all. Um, and the the overworld system where you're moving across the map and the general story framing is it's it's not really interesting. It's a, what you saw in that that pre-release uh, trailer is about as much story as is actually in it that I've seen. I mean, it's nothing. Um, so you know, not in love with it, but uh, I am having I am having some fun with just the basic, uh, you know, fight the basic structure of a, of a Super Smash Brothers game. Right, uh, and of course. It is just a big, massive, huge bounty of stages and references and music. All the stages are unlocked from the beginning, which is great. Every Mario stage, you can click into it with the Y button on the stage select screen, and you can pick the music you want. And it's like every Mario song you've ever heard. You've got Super Mario Odyssey stuff in there. You've got the original game's music. Likewise, you want the Sonic stage. Like, here's all this Sonic music you can play. There's a gallery mode where you can just go in and just listen to that stuff. And so it's 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 a uh, you know a, a video game fan, specifically a Nintendo fans, you know, uh, perfect uh, uh, bundle of of. Um, ephemera and, and and bits and bobs but mm. uh yeah that's right i think and i yeah. um i think i downloaded the all the tracks from i want to say brawl or maybe it was the wii u one i, th- I think it was brawl though and it was like yeah it was like 1400 mp3s <laughs> you know it's just so much in it and that's what smash has always kind of under the fighting game it's always been kind of this and more so than more so than Mario Kart or any other game like that, it's been like almost like a, a little historical, um, like museum of a game in a way, where it's all these little like the trophies. Obviously, the trophies aren't in this game, but all the little trophies you used to get in the old Smash Bros. games. Um, yeah, of all the little yeah. little obscure characters and and knickknacks and this and that. Yeah, yeah. Now, now all those uh, all those characters have been changed to the uh, tro- uh, spirit system. Yeah. Which is a 
system, I have no use for her. Maybe I think it's really superfluous and stupid. Um, Funny you, you mentioned again, as well. I think the first Smash is the only one that I don't own. I think really? I've, owned, I've owned all the ones since then, apart from also the, the 3DS one. But Well, that, that was just the Wii U one, but on 3DS. Yeah. They were they were into the same game. But um, yeah, I the, the spirit system it doesn't even play into to the best of my knowledge it doesn't play into like regular exhibition mode. It's just for that world of uh, right. light mode. It's like uh, and it's just they'll they'll brief you like oh for this particular challenge maybe you should select this character and this character um, uh, to counteract the effects. So I'm like oh god, this is pointless. Like like there's even an auto assign button. So it's like okay, go into the screen and press auto assign, and we'll give you the right ones to counter. Uh, uh, the, the challenge is not like, well why have this system then if you're just going to give me the props to, to counter it it's stupid it's a really stupid mode badly executed but um, but the core of the game it's still you know, it's still special it's alright um, and uh, that's all the games from me I actually do want to get to the old Spider-Man uh, DLC at some point over the holiday but I am really prioritizing Red Dead so it might be the, uh, the new year before I get back to that uh, what about the old movie? Oh, I don't think I've seen it. Did I talk about Aquaman last week on this show? I think you might. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, no no, no movie for me. I'll be seeing Bumblebee tomorrow, which I'm kind of surprisingly uh, optimistic about. But uh, I've seen nothing this week. So who wants to kick off the, uh, the movie? I've seen two movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I've seen more than two movies this week. But I've actually seen two movies... At the cinema! Woo! Oh. Um, the first one was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ooh. Um, which I was kind of interested in seeing. Um, just because I like the kind of the look of it. The kind of the gimmick. Um, I think it was Barry's glowing review last week that kind of put it over the top. So um, Michelle and I went to see it on, on Tuesday. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it looked great. I thought the um, animation was really kind of unique and, and very kind of interesting and, and beautiful looking. Um, I liked the kind of new take on a Spider-Man story that wasn't, you know, Peter Parker and, you know, Aunt May and the origin story and blah, 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 <laughs> Green Goblin, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I was familiar with, um, uh, what's his name? Miles Morales. Yeah. But not not that familiar with the actual story or how he kind of differed from uh spider-man or the or from peter parker um yeah i thought it was really really good i thought it was very very funny uh i laughed quite a lot um i liked the other takes on on spider-man thought they were all quite funny i could have done with a bit more of them because they were i think introduced quite late some of the characters so i'd have liked to have seen them a bit earlier on but they were they were all very good um, yeah, I really liked the, the music as well. It had a really, really good soundtrack uh, that fitted the movie perfectly and was kind of played perfectly into the kind of tone and the atmosphere and the you know what the movie was going for. It was really, really good. Um, also featured my favourite type of comedy, which is references to memes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the one where Spider-Man points at another Spider-Man, which I'm, I'm yeah. sure we all love. Oh, God. And <laughs> we need to see the Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man, Spider-Man sat behind a desk. Uh, that, that I know there's several several references to Spider-Man sitting behind a desk in the last few months. Uh, the old Virgil meme, brilliant. Yeah, 
yeah, but yeah, Paul would love this movie. You got to you got to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really, really, really fun, and I almost kind of want them to do like a live action sequel, <laughs> just off the back of this. Like, I don't know why they, you know, do a live action version because it was fantastic. I, and I heard the post credit scene was great, and I was expecting, I was expecting them to go live action in it, like like this animated like, yeah. Morales shows up in Eddie Brockland chatting to yeah. Venom. Um, yeah, something, but uh, no, no joy. But it's still great for other reasons. So, so uh, this is a Sony picture, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. It's a co-production of Marvel and Sony Animation. Okay. Sony Animated uh, Pictures. And so I, it's actually good. You know, I don't know. I mean, obvious, obvious jokes about it being a multiverse aside. I actually don't know officially if it's tied to anything else. I don't think so. Um. You know, I don't think so. But who? I mean, who can keep track at this stage? Yeah. Um, but it was great, and the the cinematic experience wasn't as great, unfortunately. Uh, it was obviously it's the school holidays. It was a Tuesday afternoon. Lots of kids in there. Um, firstly, we so it's pre-booked. You know, assigned the seating, and I was sat behind someone. I'm not sure if it was like. I th- at first, I thought it was like a teenage boy, but then, yeah, yeah. yeah then, as it, as things moved on, I I seemed to think it was some kind of middle aged man, <laughs> or it could have been a kind of twenty something lesbian woman. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. But then, I, yeah, it looked like they had a kid with them, and they were the parents. So I'm guessing that. But anyway, the seating in this place wasn't great. Like it wasn't kind of staggered particularly well, right. but you have a really clear view, and this guy or young man or them uh, we call them, uh, this them. this person's head was so fucking large actually <laughs> it might have been me it literally came up to halfway up the screen from my like vantage point like half the screen so probably one sixth of the entire screen was covered by their head oh fuck they're going what the fuck what the fuck oh no, i can't see anything it's rubbish and so I waited until the movie started to make sure that no one sat seats next to us. And then I had to move. I had to move to the next seat so that I could see it properly. And then Michelle sat in my seat. I don't know why. I told her to move. But she's, you know, <laughs> she's like, oh, God, stop talking. She never listens to me. But, yeah, so that, that was all right. Once I got a clear view and could see what was going on, make sure it was the right film, that was fine. Um but then there was a row of like kids with their parents behind me, very young kids, probably like five, six, something like that. <laughs> Literally, the amount of rustling throughout this movie, I assume they brought in like a 24 multi-pack of supermarket crisps or something. <laughs> it was so much fucking noise. <laughs> Literally, they literally did not stop munching on crisps and popcorn for two fucking hours. I don't know how you eat for that long without stopping they're only little kids well they, they, they just not... sat through Les Miserables to be fair <laughs> <laughs> what a weekend for those kids <laughs> but yeah oh my god the noise they didn't oh it's constant uh, luckily they weren't too noisy they weren't talking a lot or shouting or crying or anything <laughs> their mouths are full of food that's why well, exactly they were just too busy munching uh, also I don't know if they really would have enjoyed the film because although it's animated and it's spider-man it's not particularly for kids um no it's it's fairly complex themes about you know sort of family and things like that um 
Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, we also then went to see um, Mary Poppins Returns uh, last night. Um, took Townie Mum out on the town for the evening. Because um, her and Michelle both both love the Mary Poppins. Uh, so we went to see that at a very nice cinema that has quite new and opened a couple of months ago. And it's got all the seats are recliner seats. So you have a, like, a little button, you go, cloud goes up, cloud goes down, cloud goes up, cloud goes down. So you can stretch your feet out, loads of space, no heads in front of you, absolutely fantastic. And it was only eight quid a ticket as well, which is pretty good. Just happy with that. Uh, and then the film was uh, enjoyable, kind of fun, enjoyable. Maybe it's only sort of one catchy song in it, um, but a few fun scenes. And yeah, I mean, it's never going to recreate the, the magic of a, an all-time cinematic classic like Mary Poppins. It's just you can't make that happen but it was it was enjoyable give it sort of seven out of ten so yeah that's my cinema yeah i actually uh just remembered i i have seen a movie i forgot to put from the uh the listy poo here i watched an old uh, uh paul griffin recommendation Ooh. uh finally got around to watching krampus oh that's yeah. nice uh yeah which i quite enjoyed uh, uh i think it'll be a solid inclusion in the, the holiday rotation uh going forwards uh, you know, funny, uh, good, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have another non-by-the-rule-book uh, 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 Christmas movie, like, you know, Jingle All the Way, of course, the, the classic template. Um, you know, the kind of horror comedy of Krampus, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it could have leaned into the wackiness a bit more, I right. thought. Uh, sure. I think it goes very off the wall at one point, and I thought that was when it was at its best. I think it uh, takes its time getting there, and then maybe it pulls its punches a little bit, but uh, very much enjoyed, uh, you know, very ambitious movie on what looked, it's, you know, from looking at the effects, it seemed like it was pretty ambitious for not the biggest budget in the world, like not the, you know, the, the heaviest hitter blockbuster, uh, which is it's always nice to see a film kind of really, really going for it. Um, yeah, enjoyed that quite a bit, and yeah, definitely be one I will be watching uh, again in the years to come uh, but yeah that's it no no, no other new releases for me this year but, uh, or this week rather what about you Paul what have you been watching well I'm trying to catch up on a lot of 2018 releases that I missed first time round for whatever reason and Joe you were talking just there about Mary Poppins um, you gave it a 7 out of 10 <laughs> but let me talk about three movies that would probably get a combined 7 out of 10 from me uh, or 7 out of 30 I suppose uh, so I watched The Meg which is um, a movie about a very big shark that stars Jason Statham. Um, I actually thought The Meg was all right. I actually, I had heard a lot about The Meg that it was neither kind of bad enough to be funny nor good enough to be good on its own merit, that it was kind of boring. I actually didn't agree with that. I thought it was, it had definitely kind of a B-movie charm along the, the lines of something like a Sharknado, etc. Like, it had enough uh, big shark set pieces. It had enough of the, you know, required, the requisite big shark action to keep me entertained. And uh, and I thought Jason Staten was great in it as well, as a kind of, as as himself, <laughs> fighting a big shark. Um, so the Meg, actually, I, th- I, th- I thought better than, better than people have been given a credit for. Now, to be fair, I, I went to 6 out of 10 on it, so I'm not exactly um, going mad with praise. But I thought it was, I thought it was fairly fun. Um, mm. I thought it was more or, less, more or less what you would expect it to be 
before you would have heard reviews that it was boring. It was a fairly fun movie with a big giant shark. Um, that's that's basically what you get. <laughs> um, so enjoyed the Meg more than I thought I was gonna. Okay. Then I watched Venom, which people okay. people including people on this podcast have told me, uh, it's fun, you know, fun enough. Um, uh, but yeah, and in fact, people at work told me that Venom was Venom was great. Um, I thought I hated it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was just just trash. Uh, I thought the first half was extremely boring, uh, and and I always say that's kind of the the ultimate crime for a movie is to be bad and boring because I think you can be boring but not bad, and I think you can be bad but not boring. And Venom was bad and boring. Um, so first half of it really boring, and then the second half of it just bad. Um, I didn't like Tom Hardy in it either. I I and I do generally like Tom Hardy. But I felt a little bit of the Johnny Depp about him in this one where he's just he's, he's just being wacky. Uh more and more often these days and I don't really like it. Like he got this New York accent, he fucking fandom. And Yeah, I don't think anyone understood what he was going for there. Um and like I kind of got the appeal of a few moments where he's like, you know, at sorry sitting in the lobster lobster tank and this and that. But I just didn't like him in it. And and the problem with the movie as well is it 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 treats the audience like like we're dumb. So there's one bit in particular, right? Very very mild spoilers here. There's a scene where they have the, the one of the symbiotes trapped in a room behind a glass panel, and it, it shoots up behind into like a vent in the ceiling while two characters are distracted talking right so we see that happen that happens we know what has happened it has escaped the other people haven't seen didn't see it escape they don't know what's happened and then the lady scientist turns and looks into the now empty room and goes don where'd it go and i'm like we oh this is movie is so stupid <laughs> and that, like everything that happens in the movie has to have a line of dialogue about it so that we as an audience understand what happens um, and of course at the end like happened in the Hulk movies and like happened in a lot of these superhero movies is you just get two CGI monsters fight each other um, for like 10 minutes and, and it doesn't yeah and, uh, and, then, and then it ends and, and then in the post credits there's like a, a stinger for a sequel that I have no interest in watching so that was like the worst post credit scene I've ever seen in my life I was like I was like, this is the most unappealing two minutes of film I've watched all year. Yeah, so in the in the post credit scene, Woody Harrelson turns up, and were it a Batman movie, he would he, he basically did the equivalent of I'm the penguin, yo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I, I, I described it to someone recently as um, he, he was Will Smith in the Suicide Squad. Oh, so with some kind of I'm some kind of carnage. Oh my god! He, yeah, just un like provoked. Like he's not set up for the line. He just goes, "I think there might be some some carnage." And then, like he he basically does the verbal equivalent of a big hokey wink to the camera. And he's he he look, they've and he's smiling. He's, he's smiling. His hair they've given him, they've dyed his hair red and twisted it out to the side so he looks like Krusty. Um, 
<laughs> he does a bit. Yeah. And he's, he's he's chewing the scenery. He's being so over the top. There wasn't there. He wrote something in blood and on the floor or something. He wrote like, "Welcome, Eddie" or something. Yeah, it's such edge lord tryhard shit and it's like that's exactly i mean if you were to talk to comic book fans but got like what would be your apprehensions about a carnage character it would be this exact thing it was oh my god it was the most unappealing shit i mean it really really was dreadful um i, I did i just didn't like the venom um cj there i thought it was like a really ugly character design um i came around on it but yeah i could see it uh yeah i i i I really would struggle. <laughs> I really would struggle to think of anything I liked about it. To be honest, I well, you already said you didn't like the first half, and like I, I like I, I thought the 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 scene where he's all whacked out in the restaurant eating the lobsters. Well, I said that was like the the f- the best part of the movie. To be fair, okay, yeah, but I, I think I think that was kind of a I think that was a big divisive part because I know I heard a lot of people like, "What the fuck is happening in this movie?" And I was like, "I don't know." I I I, I enjoyed that for for just the kind of off the wall. It's it feels like a movie out of time, and 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 I kind of mean that in a good and a bad way because I it felt very nineties, a very schlocky comic book movie. I I liked the dynamic between Venom and 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 Brock, and my my big problem with the movie is that. It's like the second act is missing because they kind of just they have this big fight where Brock realizes, oh, shit, the, the symbiote's actually bad for me. And then he gets rid of it and then it comes back to him. And then they just, just sort of decide to get along. There's no yeah, there's no uh, reason for it. There's no occurrence. They have one conversation where Venom is like, I'm also a loser like you are. And they're like, OK, that's your justification for them working together and being. Um, uh, that's literally know. a line from the movie folks he goes you're a yeah, loser yeah, and then, so am I I am a loser from my home planet I'm like what the fuck is this film that I'm watching it's like the, it's, it's, it's the very it's a very lazy way to get the characters back on the same page after you you know you did well to you know get them separate and all this other stuff but compared to something like Spider-Verse where that the traditional superhero arc of, of, the, of the character coming to terms with who they are and how, how to take that and be a hero is so masterfully done Compared to Venom, where it is just a hodgepodge together. I mean, I, I like the film kind of in spite of itself in some ways. I just feel like the things about it that clicked with me. I thought it was click- very, very cliched as well. Like, it tick- ticked all the fucking superhero film trope boxes. And- the, with, the, with the villain being as lame as he is. I mean, Riz Ahmed is, is a great, great actor. I think he's very underrated. I, I was hoping this would be a big... Well, it was a big hit financially, but I, I don't imagine people watch this movie going, oh, wow, what a... T- what a I didn't even think his performance was bad, but the character was just so blasé and we've oh, of course. seen yeah, no, it a million the... times the same character oh. that's, that's what I'm saying it's like he, he's good and I, I was really hoping that this film would, would, would be something big for him but it's like god you gave him this character that's like it's kind of cliched when Iron Man 1 did it and now there's been a, a decade and 20 other films that have done it since um, yeah god just the, the evil businessman who turns out to be bad Venom I mean that's that's so that's so overdone, but uh, but yeah, that's that's Venom. It's it's one of the more it's certainly one of the more interesting developments in in twenty eighteen film. I'll say that much. I, I I also hate when they do that, like you just said, that the villain is bad Venom. I feel like that's something that these movies trip up on constantly. Is I mentioned already the Hulk movie, like Hulk movie, the villain is bad Hulk. Venom, the villain is bad Venom. It's like 
Transformers, to to an extent, has the same problem where it's like I can't tell who's fighting who because they just look the same. And yeah, um, yeah. So I went, I went a one out of ten on Venom, um, and stu- and stuck it directly at the bottom of my movies of the year. However, I don't think it's going to stay there for very long because I also watched the first hour of Shane Black's The Predator. <laughs> Did you watch this, Barry? The Predator? Yeah, it's another one I thought was like, all right. Yeah, just, just terrible. <laughs> just awful. Um, I won't spend too long talking about The Predator because um, I want to immediately wipe it from my memory. But let me just say, there's a scene where Jacob Tremblay, who's in it, as a little autistic boy, although I don't think it's explicitly said, um, is playing uh, with... Uh, it's it's not explicitly said, but it couldn't be. We couldn't be more obvious without being explicitly said. Yeah, he could have a sign around his neck that uh, with autistic written on it. Um, yeah. But he's playing on a fucking space computer, basically, and talking to a predator in a spaceship, and that's how the predator. Oh, for, don't don't ever watch it. It is just the worst. I this was this was esque I. I think I just had a howl watching it, even though it is extremely stupid. It is like, I think I, I'm going to pull up my letterbox review because I think I said this exact thing in it. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, when did this movie come out? Oh, The Predator. Here we go. Uh, it was around, this ha- around Halloween. Big, this, uh, this had the biggest and dumbest script of a film I ended up really liking. It is so fucking dumb. There's a logical leap every few se- every few scenes, and it stretches the suspension of disbelief of what characters in action movies do past breaking point. So that was my that was my opening uh, uh, gambit there. But I again, it was there was just enough other fucking stupid fun stuff happening. Like Sterling K. Brown, I thought was great in it. He, it's he's stupid, but he's just hamming it up to the, uh, the nth degree. I thought, like, you know, once the Predator starts killing people, uh, I was like, okay, that's right. Um, uh, and that was it. You know, I, I, it's just, it's, 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 it's a extremely stupid movie that I, I got a kick out of. My, prob- my main problem with it is that it's a Shane Black movie. And I've, I've really liked, to the point of loved, uh, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys. And then the Predator, I just, it's so un Shane Black like, in a sense, because it's not like, God, it is, it is darkly comedic, but it, like the other movies had kind of like a, like a zip to it, like a, like a smartness to it. And the Predator is just so stupid. Like, there's one character in it that has um, Tourette's, which is played by um, Thomas Jane from The Mist, which is a movie that I really like. He's got Tourette's. And there's just like a scene for like two minutes while he has he curses and they all laugh at him and make fun of him. I'm like, this is the height of the comedy of this movie. And um, yeah, I I I'm again I haven't finished it yet. It might do a, a U-turn and it might pull me in. Um, but I I'm an hour in and I just despise it. I just thought it was the worst thing. Um. Which is a real shame because that first Predator with Arnold in it is great. Yeah, but I, I and this one kind of seems like um, sort of an idiot trying to remake that, like, uh, like make in the spirit of the first one. Obviously, it's it's not really that similar, 
but you got the ragtag click and just you know you know that kind of vibe um but yeah i mean the the the, the autism thing that you mentioned there, I mean, it is ludicrous. It's like, it's like, it's already a, like a stupid talking point that's overused in fiction a lot, but the idea that, well, he's autistic, but that makes him, that makes him a, a logic defying genius. That so, makes he, no sense. so he can, so he can work an alien technology and yeah, he like, can work alien he's technology. typing away on this hologram computer. Like, oh. There has to be there has to be autistic people watching this going. This is the most patronizing thing I've ever experienced in my entire life, and I and I you know and I imagine they get patronized on a fucking daily basis. Um, but yeah, it's fucking so stupid. Also, Jacob Tremblay, I feel like it, everything he's done after Room, he has been not not been good in at all. I agree. I I I don't like him with this either. I mean, I hate to shit on a small child actor, but um, like Room, Room is great, and I think he is great in it. But fuck, man, it's like he's pretty. But like, bad of course, it. because his character is autistic, there has to be a scene in it, and there is, where he acts all like weird, and the other kids are bullying him because of it. Like, there's, is it the uh, he, he's watching these kids play chess, and he's like, mm, I wouldn't do that move because he'll beat you. <laughs> he'll beat you ten moves ahead, lad. And then the alarm goes uh, off, and the kids are like, "Look, what are you? What's wrong with you, freak? Freak man! <laughs> fucking movie! This movie!" Uh, enjoying Paul's dramatic reading of the script here. That's what happens. Um, that is what happens in the movie. Oh, oh my god! Uh, and then he's on a fucking alien computer layer while he's doing statues out of Jenga bits because that's what people with autism do, apparently, according to Shane Fucking Black Cunt. <laughs> yeah. So Predator, uh coming to a one out of ten near you soon. <laughs> if I ever finish it, he says. Uh alrighty, uh Joe, you got an email you want us to read here, or do you want to read to us rather? Uh, <laughs> an email you want us to read. Well that would be a good one. No, you read it. Um No, I do uh, I do have an email. Um and uh, I think you're gonna be very excited by this email. Because it is the inaugural edition of a little quiz. Oh, here we Will go. Will Saul likes to call Towny Thinks. Oh boy! So for anyone, anyone who's forgotten or uh, new listeners, <coughs> yeah, right, new listeners. Um, this this is a quiz where um, we're not actually interested in the the actual answers to the questions. Oh, never. In no boring, boring. We're interested in what the host thinks the answer would be, and then the other two have to guess what they yeah. think. I think, like, when we did Dwayne Johnson Busters, we used the example of Sachet Banks and Mark Henry. For this quiz, I think we have to use the example of the time Barry thought that Triple H had 2,000 matches on Raw. Whoops. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. All right. Matches Triple H has had in his career. I think that's probably what I was going for, but. Oh, that... yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so how it works, from my vague memories of it, is um, I posed the question. You two then had to take turns guessing what you think my answer will be. Then I reveal the answer and who's got the point, yeah. and so on and so forth. Okay, um, so we've got do, 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 seven questions. Okay, um, 
So I'm going to read out the first one. Who would like to go first on the first question? I don't mind. I'll go first. You go first. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so the first question is, um, how cool... Uh, so actually, let me just... <laughs> seen Will's email. Will's actually just introduced the quiz. He says, uh, ho, 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 it's time for the conclusion of the Barry Lad Thinks. In this case, the okay. Tony Thinks. Uh, what I've done is I've sort of tweaked them so that they are Christmassy. Um, <laughs> so... Keep an ear out to, to see how Will's kind of cleverly made them uh, applicable to Christmas. Uh, it's very, very clever. Um, so the first question. How cool does Michelle think the Barry Lad is out of ten? Oh, and have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> so keep in mind, this is what, what Joe thinks the correct answer is. Yeah, I'm just going to write this down. How so- cool does Michelle think that Barry is? So, well, no, no. What does Joe think Michelle thinks I am cool wise out of 10? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, so you're going first. This would be good. What does, Paul, what does Paul think that Joe thinks that Michelle thinks I am cool wise? Uh, I went an 8. Okay. Uh, I, um, I'm going to go 7. Ooh, Michelle knows me pretty well, and I think Joe knows that. So she ain't going ten. Like I know that much. So yeah, I based this on Michelle knowing that Barry isn't particularly cool, but also liking him and wanting to be diplomatic. <laughs> she likes Barry, so I went with seven out of ten. So ah. Barry got it on the dot. Oh, yeah, one point for the Barry lad. Okay. Okay. Question. Question number two. Barry goes first. Um, how many times have the CSP trio said "baby" on the podcast this year? This year. Okay. Yeah. So the whole of 2018, and I'm assuming he's referring to our both our Ricky Gervais impression, which is "not true, baby," but also it could be "I'm cold, baby." So you know, yeah. however you want to, or Dusty Rose. however you want to. So what do I think? How many times does Townie think we've said that this year? So, 50 episodes. Okay. Um, I will say, yes, we have 50 episodes. We don't say it every week. Then sometimes we'll say one of us starts it and then the other two keep going. Um, I will say 32. Right. I'll say much higher than that. I'll say 85. <laughs> uh, okay, 32, 85. It's, it's close because I went kind of almost right in the middle. Um, so I sort of estimated about one a week, but maybe slightly more. Um, so I went with 60. Um, so I think Paul is closer there with, with 85. So one point to Paul. Right. Yeah, it's t- 25 to 27. 28. 28, yeah. Seven, yeah. Um, so number three, what rating does Jingle All The Way have on Rotten Tomatoes? Okay. Uh-huh. So, so what does Joe that. think? What do I think? Has? On Rotten Tomatoes. Uh... 
Okay. I've I've gone I'm get, I'm going first here, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah five point one. Five point one, okay. Or fifty one percent, let's say. Uh I'll say a sixty even, six zero. Six zero. Woohoo. Well I went with six point one. Uh, it, it, it actually has a <laughs> it actually has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes oh that's outrageous sir what yeah 16% gonna, gonna go, go through that list later and take note of all the names and have them killed <laughs> <laughs> that is outrageous average audience score is only 38% god these people yeah. are idiots yeah, a, anyway, a 4.0 average score. Fuck's sake. Okay. Um, question number four. How expensive is the world's most expensive dessert? In <laughs> And we're talking in pounds. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? How expensive? Wait, it's a straightforward question. Is it? Yeah. How much? Okay. Think of the fanciest Michelin star or whatever place in the yeah, world. This is not a master chef. Don't worry about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look. So you've got the advantage on me here. Think of like it, it's some, it's Hotel Peak. Yeah, yeah. Some hotel in like Dubai or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh. You know one of those like Buzzfeed lists or one of those kind of sub Buzzfeed yeah, 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 yeah. lists. Great British town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So what do I think? Am I going first? Uh, yeah. Very fast. I'll say uh, 10 grand. (laughs) (laughs) I went to single grand. Single grand for Paul? Okay, so I actually went for 1,200 pounds. Ah. (laughs) 10,000 for a dessert seems a little too much. I know that there's like bottles of champagne that go like... Yeah, listen, did you not hear how much Higgins is spending on hotel rooms and shit in that presidential election? Look, these people, they live it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, to be fair. I mean, some, there's some people who probably just have cocaine for dessert, so. I mean, not everyone's like you and I, or you and I, you know. Oh, yeah, you and I just spending a meager £1,000 $1, on our desserts. No, I mean, no, you and I, diplomat, diplomat Paul and Barry going to Dubai in, in, in a, in a five-star, six-star hotel, going to the nicest restaurant in the world, going... Do you have chips? <laughs> Do you have a McFlurry over here? <laughs> you have, in this part of the world, fish fingers. Talk to me. <laughs> um, I just Googled world's most expensive dessert, and the actual answer is £12,000. So Barry was pretty close. Mm, there you go. So there is one in New York for 12000 A lot of the other ones, though, are, are, are closer to the £1,000 mark. So it's kind of, that's a bit of an outlier. Okay, question number five. How many clones of Paul Griffin could Roman could Roman Reigns be in a fight before he got tired and eventually a clone Paul would lie on him and win? Brackets, brackets the clone Pauls enter one at a time. So essentially it's a, it's a one-on-one fight between Roman and Paul 
Once Roman defeats Paul, a clone Paul enters. <laughs> How many clones would have to enter for one to win eventually? Do I think it would take before one of them? Is the best quiz ever. This is the best quiz ever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm first here, yeah? So how many clones... How many versions of me would have to sequentially fight Roman Reigns until he was too tired and one could defeat him? I've gone 2,000. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone, like, 12. (laughs) I mean, okay. I, so I realize Paul's not an athlete and Roman Reigns is and all this other stuff, but he's still like a regular... Paul's... No, you're Paul, have more faith in yourself. You're not like a child. Also, Roman Reigns has leukemia. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. I am not I am not a very strong man, despite all appearances. Yes, but like, 2000? He'd fucking fall asleep from, oh, like, just general sickness before... before He'd get to 100. I don't want to steal one of Barry's fears, but I reckon, I reckon Roman Reigns could kill me with one punch. <laughs> he just hits you with a Superman punch. Oh, he just hit, he'd hit one punch and it would just go like dominoes falling down. Are those your final answers? Yeah. Okay, so I went with 42. Very generous. I <laughs> <laughs> wins. I figure it'd be like Homer Simpson, though, where you just he just takes a while to punch you. Oh no 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 no! I'm not I'm not taking punches like Homer Simpson did. Okay, so Barry Barry gets the point there. Uh, question number six. I think even a punch in the, in the arm would put me down. <laughs> or, punch, or just a gentle kind of brush against your dodgy eye. <laughs> Go and lay down for. Three I mean, with with this eye, Joe, I, I, a light breeze would probably put me out of commission. Yeah. Or a toilet breeze. Anyway, number six. How tall is the tallest Christmas tree? Barry goes first. What do I think is the the tallest Christmas tree? What? 20 feet. Right, I went 50. 50 feet. Um, I've gotten meters, which is ironic because... (laughs) I thought you, you'd have used the metric system in Ireland, but anyway. Well, well Barry said feet, so I went feet. So, what, wow, 15.24 metres. So, Paul, 15 metres. What did you say, Barry, 20? <laughs> that's six, no. That's, what, what did you guess? I guess 20 feet. 20, 20 feet is 6 metres. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. So, 15 metres for Paul, 6 metres for Barry. Yeah. I went with... 30 metres. Because okay. I have no idea how tall Christmas trees are supposed to be. That's 100 feet. So, um, so that, yes, that would be as tall as seven hell in the cells on top of each other. Jeez. Yeah, that's, that's all right, isn't it? Um, so I've just Googled it. There's artificial trees that are like 70 metres tall. But right. I don't know if we're talking real or tall. But anyway, uh, Paul gets the point there. So going into the final question, it is Barry three points, Paul three points. I think we've all got the points on the, the ones that we didn't go first on, weirdly enough. 
Yeah. Which doesn't bode well for me going into the last question, going first. Okay. Um, so the final question. Hmm. What's the most amount of hours Joe has put into a single video game? Jesus. Uh... Most amount of hours that you've put into a single video game, I will say. Because I know that there, there, you you don't play many games, but the ones that you do play, you you can kind of play obsessively, like that cocky clicker one or whatever. I'll say a good five hundred hours. Okay, Barry. I will say one hundred. Wow. Um, so I actually went for 300 hours. <laughs> it's the tie! <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That is great. So, well, there you go. It's Christmas. So I mean, it's... everyone's a winner, really, when it comes to the Cheshire podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I think it's probably, it's hard to tell because you've got games that I played when I was a kid, like Tetris. Which yeah. I used to play for like eight hours a day for months on end. Then there's mobile games, but I think I play. So I've played Grand Theft Auto Vice City probably I don't know ten times all the way through. So if you go like thirty hours a time, easy, three hundred hours. Yeah. Anyway, good quiz. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, was it Will? Yeah, Will. Very good quiz. Very good quiz. Possibly uh, returning the new. Who knows? I hope so. Uh, we need, yeah. That's that was next level. Uh, we got some wrestling guff here to chitty chat about. Did you let's watch any of TLC? I did. I also did. What did you make of it, Paul? I there were, there were three matches that I wanted to watch. Um, I only ended up watching two of them, just for time constraints. So there's still one more that I do want to get to. I just haven't had a chance yet. So I, I did watch the Ronda Rousey-Nia Jax women's title match. And I did watch the AJ Styles-Daniel Bryan WWE title match. I have not yet seen the women's triple threat TLC. Although I believe it's supposed to be very good. It is indeed, yeah. Uh, I thought the two matches that I watched were both very good. Uh, I particularly liked the uh, Styles-Bryan match. Um, I said in the podcast last week uh, that probably wouldn't be as good as we we set it up to be in our heads Uh, I'll say I was wrong on that one I thought it was very good very very good I like that he's renamed the yes lock the the label lock Mm. don't say yes anymore and I like that he does the heel hook now as he is a heel Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Subtlety. Um, yeah, I thought they had a really good matching. They, they're, no pun intended, but their styles mesh really well. And I thought the Ronda Nia Jax match was really good as well. Yeah, Ronda is great. She's, Ronda, just, she's just very good, to be fair. She's a, she's a natural, I think. I mean, um, I mean, like, rookie of the year, to say the least. I mean, just a, a blow away... Uh, uh, skill level, um, like 
like it's not just that she had another good match here. Like she's had she's had a, a, a quite a few good matches at this stage. She had a good match with someone who is just complete shite. I mean, Nia Jax is just absolutely rubbish. Um, and and this was like her best, the best match of her career, probably the best match she'll ever have uh, until until next time she crosses paths with Ronda, I'd imagine. Um, really, really just top notch stuff. Um, the, I liked the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match as well quite a lot. Uh, I liked the. Um, uh, it was it was one of those matches that, that they had a lot of limb work, which was great. You know, you got uh, you know, but good selling of the limb work as well. Good selling, you know, Brian working over the back of the ribs, and AJ hits the four fifty later, but he's like winded and he's struggling to cover. It was great stuff, really smartly worked. The new Brian character is, is a lot of fun. Uh, really, really enjoying it. I watched most of this card, um, and honestly, it was pretty solid, but it was. It's another one of those things where it was too long and it had a lot of uh, mid-card, raw, like, boring shit in the middle of it that was not offensive but was not especially good. Like, there was a uh, Finn Balor-Drew McIntyre match that was just so boring. Um, uh, there was a segment that was originally announced as a TLC match between Strowman and Corbin, but Strowman's hurt. So basically it was just a five-minute angle where, where Corbin got beat up by the whole roster and then Braun pinned him and it was nothing. Uh, again, it was it was like a raw segment. Um, uh, Ruby Riot and Natalia had a pretty bad match. Um, this is the match built around the, the gym match, in, yeah. in our table, uh, which is so cringy and lame. And it's like supposed to, I think it's supposed to be like shocking or edgy. Um, just like another example of like WWE not only bringing debt into wrestling, which is kind of lame as it is, but it's super common. But, like, getting nothing out of it, like, it's not like it's this red-hot feud, right? It's this mega heel, and everyone loves Natalia because they really don't. Everyone's, like, bored of Natalia. Um, so they just had a match that I was not feeling at all. The the Elias-Bobby Lashley match was originally supposed to be one of those, like, climb the ladder, get the weapon, and then you can use the weapon matches. I was confident that's what it was until it started, and then it was, uh, if you get the weapon, you win. It, was, it became one of those matches. Uh, it was all right. It was just, you know, it was just there. Um, the Usos, the New Day, and the Bar—you'd expect them to have a barn burner. It was actually just all right. It was like it would have been on the lower end of your of your New Day Usos uh, matches. Um, yeah, and the three way you mentioned there was really really fantastic. The uh, Becky Asuka Charlotte match. Uh, talk, talk about Rousey having a great couple of matches. I, I think Charlotte's had a hell of a year um, for someone who I don't think has been making in the past. I think this year she's done great. Uh, she was great in this match. All three of them were great in this match. Actually, it was a, a great match. Uh, when you do, when you do uh, uh, watch the match, Paul, keep an eye out. Um, you will not be able to miss it. On uh, Becky Lynch, absolutely demolishing Charlotte's sternum with a leg drop. I have seen uh, a gif of this. Yeah. Yes, and uh, well, it, and you'll also uh, when you when you watch it in motion in in glorious uh, video and audio, Charlotte going, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> uh, it's landed on. Um, but they, they beef the fuck, obviously, but she lets out a guttural scream before she swears. It's a nasty spot. I mean, she got squished. And it wasn't so much that Becky squished her, it was that the table didn't give. Uh, oh, it, was nasty. it was like one of the nastiest spots I've seen in a while. Uh, I, was... I feel like you have kind of undermined it there by using the word squish. <laughs> <laughs> she squished her. She squished her little tummy. Um... I was stunned not to hear reports that Charlotte didn't have like a shattered rib or something after that because it was so. It was Speaking so of, let me just as a little aside give you an idea as to what kind of a mature man I am. Is recently I don't know why, so don't ask me for an explanation for this. 
But in watching <laughs> watching NXT, right? NXT, to be fair, I'm not having a go here, but NXT has got a lot of quite chubby wrestlers on at the moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Otis Do- Dozovic, Cassius Ono, Tucker Knight a little bit. Um, so I've taken... I mentioned the other week that Heavy Machinery ran out in just jeans with their big their big tummies hanging out. So I've taken the call <laughs> saying that they have cute tummies as a kind of as a kind of uh, what's the word? God, I'm real bad for my words. Can I just say, as a, as an aside to an aside, it took me a legitimate ten minutes at the start of this show to realize "introduce" was the word I was thinking of. <laughs> um. But when Otis Dozovich will come out with his big tummy hanging out, I'll go, oh, look, here's Otis Dozovich and his cute tummy. What a weirdo I am. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> TLC match. Oh, yeah. She squished her. Go on. Uh, yeah, that's it. The match, the match was great. I, I did not watch the... So basically, after the AJ Bryan match, I fell asleep. And then the only two matches I had to watch were the Seth and Dean match and the TLC. And everyone told me to uh, skip the Seth and Dean match, so I did. But I heard they had a clunker. So, uh, so there you go. There you go. There's your TLC review. Yeah, I heard the Seth Dean one was a stinker, all right. So I, um, I actually watched two of the matches. Oh, I watched um, AJ Bryan and the women uh, three-way TLC match. Nice. And, um, I thought they both pretty good. I wasn't like crazy into them, but I don't know if that's just my general kind of malaise. Uh, yeah, antipathy towards WWE, and also like I found the commentary really off-putting. Like I don't know if people who watch it all the time are just kind of used to it, but it all sounded so scripted. Like Renee Young, for example. And and I don't particularly like Michael Cole either, but it just all sounded so uh, artificial and, and not off the cuff and just kind of scripted. Um, I think maybe that really kind of put me off and stopped me getting into the match. But yeah, I mean they were good. They were good matches. Well, otherwise. don't worry about that, Joe, because Vince McMahon came out and raw and apologized for WWE being shite the last. Well, decade. thank you, Vince. And <laughs> apparently, it's going to be uh, back to how good it was during the Attitude Era. Is what I've heard wow. on the internet. Wow, wow! So we um, ha- we heard that Vince McMahon was going to return to to shake things up. Uh, so what actually happened was he, Shane, and Stephanie <laughs> come out. No, Shane, Shane, Stephanie, Paul, and uh, uh, the ghost of Marley from Christmas Carol. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't mean to make fun of an old person for looking old. But Vince McMahon looks fucking so old. Like, he looks so fucking old. He That's is crazy in- that you didn't mean to make fun of him, because he did a really good job of it. <laughs> My God. Like, he's all, like, oh, he's all, like, he's like, you know when you go home, like, you'll know Paul, right? Because specifically the Irish, right? right? Yeah. You go home to your mammy at Christmas, uh, and and she's chatting to you about the neighbours, your auntie, the people of the community, and she and she'll always mention someone. Oh, he's got awful shook looking. He's got awful yeah. shook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's just a man. If my if my mum watched wrestling, she'd be like, oh, he's he's not looking well at all now. He's not looking well at all. Um, he's had a fall he, there recently. He's starting to look oh. like he's 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 made out of Cassius O'Neill's cellulite. He's got that kind of skin. Oh, to him. that's a vile image, man. I'm just picturing a little puppet show where it's actually. 
Cassius Ono's leg, uh, super zoomed in. But anyway. No, yeah. that's actually the moon you're looking at. So in conclusion. Vince McMahon is extremely old. Yeah. And his mother is still alive. That is the, <laughs> the maddest thing. <laughs> Remember we did that <laughs> Simpsons reference. Mr. McMahon. We did that. We did that <laughs> reference already. It was like an artwork or something. But he tweeted, like, the other week, like, happy birthday to his mother or something. Christ, must be a million years old. Fucking hell. She's just, like, the fucking grandfather out of Texas Chainsaw. She's just, like, this old, like... (laughs) She must be like Kirk Douglas. You know, Kirk Douglas turned 102 the other week. Fuck her, would you die? How is he still alive? (laughs) And then they wheeled him out on the Oscars a few years ago to come out and just fucking make a noise. And then they wheeled him away again. What was that? Poor Kirk Douglas. You're listening to Aegist FM with... uh, He's 102, Bert! (laughs) That is too old. (laughs) <laughs> All the Christmas classics, including uh, Won't You Fuckers Just Die Already? Uh, <laughs> we, hope, we hope you're having a good one with the family, folks. And if you are getting into some heated political conversations with the grandparents, hopefully their time will be soon. Here's Chris Rea. Fuck, Kirk Douglas is alive the same year as the Easter Rising. That is old. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Was he fighting in this? Kirk Douglas is a good Irish name. Well, he was born Isser Danielovich Dembski, so he's probably not Irish, Barry. Oh, God. oh, God. Let me look up on Google how old is Vince McMahon's mother. It must, we must be able to find this out. Oh, my God. It, I, it, I, I, <laughs> listeners... Go to Google right now and search how old is Miss McMahon's mother? <laughs> the answer it gives, and I quote, about 98 years. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well have just written really fucking old. <laughs> 98, so she is a quick, she's Kirk Douglas old. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Vicky Askew. I'd be Askew too if I was 98 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry, have you seen Vicky Askew lately? She's looking awful, Chuck. So. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Raw. <sighs> so Vince McMahon and his family came out. Luckily, his mother wasn't there with them. <laughs> she would have turned to dust under the lights. <laughs> So actually, the whole shake things up was just them doing an apology and then nothing will change, apart from that there's no GMs anymore. Which, incidentally, we didn't even write this down on the run sheet, but Paige is just not the GM of SmackDown anymore. Yeah, for no for no reason whatsoever, because she didn't do anything wrong, to the best of my knowledge. Um, uh, and, and was a baby face, and was actually doing alright in the role. Like that's And, like, she has a movie coming out soon that they're supposed to be promoting, and they're taking her off TV! <laughs> Um, It's so weird because it was like partially storyline, partially real in the sense that they were were for all intents and purposes coming out to apologize for, you know, WWE Raw specifically being under the standard, you know, that the fans expect. 
But they did it in weird storyline terms where they're like, we're taking control back, whatever that means. Because last time I remember, <laughs> Stephanie and Shane were in charge of Ron Smackdown anyway. So I don't know what that means. And yeah, that there's going to be no GMs anymore. Which, as far as I can tell, is the only real change of any substance that I've seen up to now. Mm. And that there's a load of NXT call-ups and returns. Um, the call-ups, you might know, are are almost exclusively just all the big, muscly lads. And none of the flippy twos. So only the people the Vince likes. So it, it's, not, it's not anyone interesting. And also... I feel like saying we're listening to your concerns about the problems and saying we're calling up more people is not is actually not listening to the problems because I don't think there's a talent issue on the show. I think if anything, it's that you call up too many people you don't know what to do with. Mm. Um, there was also a, it's not in our news notes here, but there is a report that Mister Mister C N Almis is quite unhappy with his um, his lot in life currently. Um, so mm. I don't know what they're throw more throw more talent in the problem hole and see if it works. He was on SmackDown this week, wasn't he? Oh, small victories. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the people being called up are Lars Sullivan, big. Heavy Machinery, big. Cute tummies. Uh, EC3, extremely muscly. Yeah, very muscly. Uh, Lacey Evans, extremely muscly. Albeit and a, tall. Albeit a woman, and tall. And uh, I thought you remember who the last one is. Isn't there another one? Cross. Nikki Cross. Fair enough. Uh, so, so actually, quite small and and good, but with a uh, really annoying WWE gimmick that that makes her an irritating television presence. Uh, and then the returns that they announced. I don't know why they announced them instead of just having to be surprises. But fair enough. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it, it did kind of feel like we're really trying to give the impression that we're sorry and that that it's not all bad and we're trying to fix it. But it's like, I mean, we knew those people were coming back. It's like we didn't think they were dead. You know, it's like we know they're hurt. But um, uh, yeah. So whatever. So yeah, look, Zayn and Owens are great. But I feel like I can't remember the last thing Owens did. It was any good at all. And I say I don't say that about him personally. I mean. What was the last interesting thing they had Owens do? I mean, <laughs> I like that angle when he um, powerbombed Sami Zayn on the ring apron in NXT about the day he showed up. <laughs> and it's like this year before he got hurt, it was like getting killed by Braun Strowman every week. Oh, yeah, there was that bump he took off a cage that led to that. No one remembers or talks about that was completely insane, but it was forgotten about within a 24 hours. Yeah. Like, like oh, cool, Kevin Owens coming back to do to do what exactly like is he going to be pushed is he going to be a face is he going to be is he going to be doing anything interesting or like is he going to be teaming with Bobo Lashley I mean like what the fuck yeah. but um but yeah that's raw that's your make goods I hope you're all excited I mean it's it is an I mean it's an odd collection of call-ups I mean it's like okay Lars whatever but like the heavy machinery guys this that's is such like, a weird one because they're I mean, I usually reserve my No Hoper sticker for the NXT boys, but they're going to do fuck all on the main roster. I'm sorry. Because look, yeah, like, look at what they did with their good tag teams. <laughs> Never yeah, mind the ones that are actually a bit shit. Did AOP get hurt or something? What's up with them Like just disappearing off the face of the earth? I don't know. That's weird. Um... So yeah, that's that. Uh, some other tiny little bits of news here. We got some match 
which is announced for uh, OTT Homecoming 2, which is the big basketball arena show. Uh, we got the confirmation of the Devlin Star match, uh, which is to set up the the winner against Walter, which he would... I I'm guess surprised they haven't announced that as the cage match. So what's interesting, uh, Star has relocated to the UK, uh, and he's going to be on OTT a lot more often, it seems. Uh, he is He's booked for January, as is Jordan, so they could do a thing there where they have a brawl and it's it's made into a cage match then. Um, the other thing is, someone was saying to me, is they could do more than Hype versus Kings of the North, but it's like it's been a couple of months since they had any interaction. I don't know that that's a hot... Uh, a it was, hot yeah, it was, it was at the fourth year anniversary show, wasn't it? And, like, and the Kings cheated to win on that show, so like you could say... I also think it's probably too soon for more than hype to get the titles as well. I don't think they should lose that match, but I also think they shouldn't win just yet. I, I, don't, I don't know about that one. but uh, And they put out a great hype video for uh, for Devlin Star again, another another top-notch uh, production from them. Uh, they confirmed uh, a, a dream match a lot of people were, were, were thinking about, which is Pac, Adrian Neville, the former Adrian Neville, uh, returning to Ireland. He will be facing Walter for the... Uh, World Championship. I'm surprised they went straight to that, to be honest, because I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was saying, maybe you don't go straight to that for the title, but they have, so. I, I feel like it's they, they want to kind of get in with their dream match. I mean, look, Courage had, had Pac, and it's just, it was like a joke, the, the match they put him in. I mean, it was, you don't want to dilly-dally. He's going to be very, in, I mean, who knows, like, when you'll be able to get him again. I mean, I know Pac has worked with, like... And, and of course, the Walter situation with him. The Walter situation as well. It seems like he's going to be... It seems like he's going to be signing, but signing the, the most lax deal they've ever given a human being, yeah. where he's probably just going to be a, an NXT freelancer. So I I think he'll still be around, but in, in the uh, with the climate of indie wrestling the way it is, I think you kind of have to strike while the iron is hot. And the other thing is, like, Rev Pro that weekend on the Friday, they're doing the Osprey Pac match. So people people are getting in here and they're making their pock dream matches. They're 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 making hay while the sun shines, so to speak. So uh, well, I I could have done with this being built up a bit more, but at the same time, I think it's I think it is legitimately one of the hottest matches you could book in the world of of, of indie wrestling. And OTT is getting in there, uh, so good for them on that. I suppose with and the venue situation still up in the air as well, you kind of have to you know make hay with what you have as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so they're they're in there. Make I, I think in general they, they made a lot of announcements over the past few weeks that's kind of gotten the, the the buzz back on their side in terms of you know, everyone was very doom and gloom about the uh, you know heading into uh, December and and things have perked up a little bit now. Also, it seems like this show's tickets are selling quite well, which is good. Sure. Um, just these stalls left, which is always a good sign. I think the last match, a bit of a, a surprise left hook because. Uh, these names was not even announced on the show yet. Uh, uh, Shigehiro Iri, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, faces Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Dragunov, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard his match with Corvin was quite good in Belfast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like I like uh, Dragunov quite a lot. Uh, Iri is not someone I'm overly familiar with. I've obviously heard great things. He is a, a Japanese wrestler, wrestled for DDT a lot, and he has actually relocated to Germany uh, this year. Uh, so he's going to be working for WXW a lot, and I would imagine with that comes a lot of. Um, uh, he already worked progress, so I'd imagine he will be a you know your progress, your OTT, your WXW. He'll be working your big boys in Europe for uh, for the time coming, and that's again that's another a very you know one of those things OTT has been doing the last couple of months. Just take two big names and throw them in there matches that you know that not everyone gets the chance to book, so that they're gonna they're gonna take the chance and do it. Um, a very unique match for for OTT. 
um, to get their hands on. So that's good. I, I like those matches quite a bit. Um, they also announced, and I am tentatively going to this, even though it's a fuckload of travel, uh, another Belfast show for February mm-hmm. with uh, Jordan Devlin versus Shane Strickland 2, the rematch. Uh, uh, one of their one of the best matches of, of Devlin's uh, sort of killer run. Uh, and also Ring Camp versus the Kings of the North. Ah, yes. Which I think would be a, a bang. Um, so, yeah, good, uh, good announcements from the boys uh, across the board, I think. Um, and of course, yeah, um, Liverpool's number one. Go be there. Zach Gibson as well. Yes, yeah, very interesting developments. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's been a while. Um, and I feel like I feel like I haven't seen Gibson do anything in, in like a year because because I just don't watch the UK show, the NXT. Show. Yeah. Um, he's only been gone six months from us, but uh, I mean, he's you know the MVP. I mean, he's the he's top match there for the first half of the year. Great to see him back. So. Uh, Looking forward to that. Can uh, I say as well, I'm also liking these Liam Royal videos they've been putting out lately. Oh, are you, are you winding up? I'm the only one in the world, maybe, but yeah. I've been... Oh, those are... Oh, God. <laughs> I like them. I don't know what... I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I just, just for just out of curiosity's sake, I, I went into, like, one of them just to see who had, like, RT'd and liked it. And it's all just, like, other wrestlers. It's like, nobody's watching this shit and sharing right. it. I, like, will, I will go and, and like every one of them now. Oh, oh, no. Mm. It, oh, it's the lowest hanging fruit, and it's um, uh, it's terrible. But anyway. I've just been, uh, I've just been given a load of chocolate, so I'm going to start eating one of them. Oh, that's tip number five. Don't eat chocolate. That's good for the eye, I believe. Mm. Okay. Uh, last bit of uh, 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 wrestling news here. Mark Haskins and Bandido have That's signed... That's OTT gender-neutral champion and golden briefcase champion, Mark Haskins, to you, mate. So uh, so he won't have to drop those before being whisked off to WWE. Uh, he and Bandido have signed ROH, which is good. Um, ROH, obviously, at Final Battle, they said goodbye to Cody Rhodes and to the uh, the Young Bucks. Um, so it seems like all the, the wheels are turning for, for the, the elite guys to start their own promotion and for Ring of Honor to have to soldier on without them. And so naturally, they're going to take in some new names. And I honestly, any talented folks who get signed with them, I'm good with because it means less people being gobbled up by WWE. Uh, and obviously, you know, Haskins and, and Bandito being signed to them means that there's they are almost certainly not going to be excessively hindered in working here. Mm. Uh which is good. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine Bandito. I mean, he was, it was so great seeing him uh, those two times we had him here uh, this year. I can't imagine <clears throat> just being gobbled up and being another luchador they don't know how to use in NXT. Do you know what I was so mad about when Bandito was over here, by the way? What? Because I didn't talk about this because you were off the week I, I watched the, the Defiant 2 show. Okay. Was on the fourth year anniversary show, which I attended, uh, he didn't do the springboard... German suplex spot. Oh yeah. And then at the fucking yeah. hangover show, whatever it was, did it twice the cunt. Well, to be fair, his match at the, the stadium was like nine minutes long. It was very short. Do that one spot you do that people like. <laughs> well, th- this is why you always have to go to every OTT show possible, baby. Well, there um, you go. Cabray was saying none of that fucking flippy German suplex tonight, brother. That's for tomorrow. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that saves. Just um, just dance to that tequila song for 10 minutes uh, like a good Mexican boy. 
Oh, what a, what a weekend it was. But yeah, so uh, Ring of Honor, uh, I think they're doing all right there, trying to uh, uh, keep momentum going in, in the face of some significant talent losses. So, um, you know, I think we've mentioned it quite a bit already. Uh, the the wrestling landscape is going to be quite odd in the new year. Um, mm. Lots of lots of movies. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to do it, really, for this week's wrestling chat. Uh, so what is the next Sunday is third. So I guess we'll probably be available to the show. I don't know if people have family commitments or they'll be traveling or what, but we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we may or may not be able to do a show. We'll see. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, though, we won't, we won't be chatting to you fine folks again before Christmas. So from all three of us here, from myself, Brian Murphy, from Joe Tanner, from Paul Griffin, we hope you have a very happy and safe Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy December 25th, if you don't celebrate. Happy holidays of all varieties. Kwanzaa. That's the other one that the people mention. Yeah. Uh, Happy holidays in general to all the folks listening to this. I hope you all have some nice time off and I hope you eat some. Hanukkah is over already. (laughs) I hope you had a happy Hanukkah um, and and, uh, and, and whatnot. So anyway. Uh, we'll be back uh, very, very soon to talk more wrestling games, movies, life, all the stuff. In the meantime, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Tapper. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye.